Welcome to WMUR's The Trail from New Hampshire to the White House. I'm WMUR political director Adam Sexton, and we are returning to our candidate cafe once again in this episode. Through this series, we're looking to learn more about the candidates themselves, their personalities, what makes them tick. In this episode, you'll hear some highlights from Cory Booker's back and forth with voters at a room in Manchester's airport diner. Then I'll sit down with the New Jersey senator and we discuss some of the hot topics of the day. Thanks for listening and be sure to leave a rating and review of this podcast after the episode. We'd really appreciate it. As a Jersey guy, Cory Booker knows a thing or two about diners. What state has the most diners per capita in all of America? New Jersey does, yes. Booker is a vegan, but he says that doesn't hold him back when he picks up a menu. I will come in and have uh, salads. I'll ask them to grill me up some vegetables. Usually they'll do whatever whatever I can. And, and unfortunately, uh, as you can see from my size, I'm not a wanting for uh, lack, of, <laughs> lack of food. Rising to national prominence as the mayor of Newark, Booker made headlines in 2012 when he rescued a neighbor from her burning home. I ran and I grabbed her. And then I just knew I couldn't find a window. There was only one way out, which was back the way we came. And her body shielded me. She got badly burned. Um, but I, I, I was holding her in a way that only my hand uh, got the secondary burns. But we got out of that. We got out of that fire. The senator is unmarried, but has a well-known girlfriend, actress uh, Rosario Dawson. Um, just love it. If I have a vacation, it would be for me and Rosario to go to a nice beach and do a lot of reading. I like to read out loud to her. Booker became emotional discussing one of his heroes, congressman and civil rights icon John Lewis, who was beaten during a march in Selma, Alabama in 1965. On that Edmund Pettus Bridge when he had his skull fractured, there was a white man in New Jersey a thousand miles away in 1965 watching him. He was so moved by what John Lewis did, he became a lawyer giving pro bono time to a tenants rights organization, to a, um, the Fair Housing Council. Went on to get a case file from a family moving from the South, trying to find housing. And that lawyer, when I talked to him, he goes, the names on that case file, Corey, were Carrie and Carolyn Booker, your parents. John Lewis on that bridge, standing up, inspired a guy in New Jersey who went on to fight for my family, got into my housing. Adam Sexton, WMUR News 9. Life's beautiful moments, sunsets, landscapes, wildlife. That's WMUR's You Local Facebook group. Join this growing community and browse the stunning images captured by viewers like you. Or share your own. Get started at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash WMUR9. Go to groups and join You Local. See you there. Senator Booker, thanks for joining us on the trail. We appreciate your time. It's really good to be here. And doing Candidate Cafe. So we were just talking about this. Uh, this is a very unique race because you are drawing all of this interest and enthusiasm on the ground, but we don't see it in the polls at all. What, what the heck is happening? You know, who knows? Uh, I do know that this is the state that takes people who are considered underdogs and long shots, and you send them to the White House. Bill Clinton was the comeback kid here. You know, Jimmy Carter... Uh, his first big primary win was right here, uh, and he was polling at 1%. So I'm not concerned about polls. I'm concerned about what we're doing to win Granite Staters' support. And what we're seeing right now is we're in the top two or three campaigns for endorsements in the Granite State of local leaders, your state senators, your mayors. It's really exciting. We're seeing the energy, huge crowds coming out to hear us speak. And more than that, we're having people volunteer to be organizers and people going online. So we feel that there has not been a early state qualifying poll since early November. Who knows where things are right now? And it's frustrating because we're about to have another debate qualified for. I think we got about eight, nine days maybe uh, to see some polls, but there's just been none. 
And remember, since early November, two debates, uh, m multiple people dropping out of the race. This thing has shifted, but we just don't know what's going on. But that's not my job. If I listened to polls, I would never have been the mayor of Newark. I, I would never have been a city council person. We've always believed you win elections on the ground, and I'm going to campaign the Granite State way and just uh, continue to connect with voters and create an energy and enthusiasm. You're on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, obviously, the situation very tense right now in the Middle East with the airstrike against the Iranian defense official. What are the next steps? Obviously, President Trump's going to do what he's going to do, but what are the next steps for someone in your position in the Senate in terms of what you'd like to see happen? Well, right I now? sit on the Foreign Relations Committee where we have a lot of bipartisan action. And, and the most important thing is not to take this president at his word about why he did this. There's now important justifications they have to show. What does the intelligence say about why you did this? And did it meet the standards for the use of military force? There are clear standards, separations of powers. Remember, we're not at war with Iraq. And so for a president to use his power, to use war power, uh, to assess, to, to kill a, what, what equates to like our Secretary of Defense, um, we have to make sure as Congress to hold them accountable to make sure that the reasons and justifications were there. More than that though, what are the larger strategic goals that you have here? Because this is a president that really hasn't shown a strategy for the region. In fact, he's been doing foreign policy by impulse, uh, by tweet even, catching his generals off guard, who pulled us out of the Iran nuclear deal, which created more instability. Iran has actually grown in influence has grown in their dangerousness under his presidency, whether it's arming of Hezbollah in Lebanon, whether it's their, uh, uh, their, their uh, interfering in Iraq, whether it's their, uh, the Houthis who they're having proxy war with in Yemen. Um, we've seen them growing more dangerous. Um, and, and, and what is your strategy here? Do you have a larger strategy? Because this has the potential to have ramifications uh, of continuing military conflict. And remember, my, I'm running to be commander-in-chief. And what bothers me about this president is he does not rely on the power of diplomacy. Remember, at the end of the Obama administration, a bunch of our sailors were seized by the Iranians. And John Kerry creating, negotiating relationships, actually around the Iran deal, had the kind of relationships to negotiate their release within 24 hours. Imagine this president, if Iran had caught uh, uh, our sailors, what that would be like. This is a president who understands the power of diplomacy when even our military generals are telling us in that region that this is not going to be solved with military action. It has to be solved through diplomacy. Well, his diplomacy is failing with North Korea. His diplomacy is obviously failing with, with Iran. He's making situations worse and more dangerous and making us as Americans less safe. We've only got a little time here, so a hard turn back to the cafe for yes. a very serious issue. Uh, you're a college football player. You played a lot of football. Do you ever wonder, looking at some of these other guys that do these studies on brains yeah. and whatnot, do you think you have any signs of CTE or anything like that? I mean, you're, you're a senator, you're a brilliant guy, but yes. it, oh, nobody would think this, but do you worry about your own head? Um, I, I don't. Um, uh, I haven't done brain scans, which other friends of mine have actually done, um, but I don't. I feel very blessed to have gotten out of uh, football with very minor injuries. But this was my, this was my pathway. I, I always joke I got into Stanford because of a 4.0, 1,600. 4.0 yards per carry, 1,600 receiving yards. Uh, it opened up doors for me that were incredible. But I, I am now one of those senators that is trying to do what they can to make the sport safer. And remember, we have a lot of oversight of, of the NFL. So we've got to do everything we can to make sure that we are not doing things through that sport that give people permanent damage uh, to their brains. And should there be, we have a responsibility, I think, to do more to take care of them. Because the NCAA, I know bad stories about guys getting injured during their playing time. Years later, they need medical help, but the university who profited off of them and, and them putting their bodies in harm's way isn't helping them. 
we got to reform the NCAA so they're doing more to keep our players safe and accept responsibility for injuries that might happen during the time that they're playing. One last question here. As an elected official from New Jersey, do you just automatically get Bruce Springsteen's cell phone? Are you able to call <laughs> him up? What kind of level? Because that's the thing, right? Like, you have this connection. He, he has to be authentic. Yeah. So can you just, like, is it like the bat phone or something like so, that? So this is interesting because I, I've met Bruce, but I don't, know, I don't know him. But the one I know, the Jersey icon that I know really well as a friend who I have his cell phone and he's been really generously helping me in this race is, is Bon Jovi. Wow. And I got to know Bon Jovi, uh, not because of his music, um, even though he did me a big solid when I first became mayor and opened our arena, 10 shows in a row, it was epic, sold out every night. But no, actually, he is the, one of the most charitable people I know. Knows more about affordable housing than many policymakers do. And he helped me build housing in Newark. Uh, he just has got to open up a, a restaurant in Newark that you pay what you can. Uh, just, and in fact, it's on a college campuses because a lot of college students are uh, are, are, are financially insecure. Don't, don't, don't. There's hunger problems on college campuses in America. So this is a guy with a huge heart. He's been a great partner of mine in doing good. I, I, I am in awe of his, um, his determination in his life with his wife, Dorothea, to do good in this world, to use his celebrity for significance. Making sure Tommy and Gina have a roof over their head. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Senator. You do not give love a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for WMUR's The Trail, from New Hampshire to the White House. If you have a moment and can write a review or subscribe to this podcast, we'd certainly appreciate it. You can also find us on WMUR.com and our free WMUR app 24-7. See you for the next episode of this podcast next week.